Good morning. Merry Christmas. If you would, stand with me. If you're new to this, just stand anyway. And uh, we hold our Bibles up and we make a declaration. This word will live forever. So we want to say this. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what the Bible says I can do. Today I'll be taught the word of God. And I boldly confess, my mind is alert, my heart is receptive, and I'll never be the same again. Never, 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 in Jesus' name, amen. may be seated. We are glad that you're here again. For those of you who came in a little late, um, this is a celebration. It's a birthday party. A lot of times at at this time of year, we we do things like, uh, you know, manger scenes and all. It's great. But the reality is, if you could just think for a moment... Uh, about the about a birthday party for your child that's say five, four, or three years old, there'd be confetti. We know it's not in the Bible, so don't go look it up and criticize us that confetti's not in the Bible. Okay, your car's not in the Bible. All right, so and yet you drove it here today. At the end of this worship experience, we'll have a prayer team on either side of the stage. Some of you uh, need prayer. We all do, but some of you came today hoping to be prayed for, and we changed our service structure a little bit, so at the end of service, I'm going to ask some of our prayer team, if they would, to come to either side of the stage, and if you need prayer, they'll be available. Well, it's a time of year that's a very special time of year for many reasons. Uh, We obviously, as church people, and those watching online cared enough to tune in, you're church people too, Um, this is that time of year where we, we celebrate the birth of Jesus, but there's so much to this holiday. There's time with family, addressing family, giving gifts, and, and just kind of a spirit of Christmas, if you will. I'd prefer to call it the, the Holy Spirit. It's the time of year where actually some mean people even get nice. Don't nudge your spouse right now. But it's that time of year that's really special. And it should be special considering the fact that uh, Jesus took the mission to leave the right hand of his father, perfect as he was and remained perfect, to come to earth to give his life for an imperfect people, past, present, and future, that he would give everything so that you and I could have an experience with our creator. And it's so absolutely important that we understand how powerful this time of year is beyond the gifts, beyond everything that we're going to see, the lights and all of that, that this is a very, very special time. And this is a time that was predicted, prophesied for thousands of years that this moment in time would come. There are two things I want to drive home today. One is time. The second is place. These are critical things. And we look back in the book of Genesis. The serpent had come into the Garden of Eden. God had told Adam and Eve that that they were not to eat. They could eat from everything in the garden, every tree in the garden except one, And that was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That's where all of this began. We talk about Christmas. We talk about the birth of Christ. That in that moment, God made man in his image and his likeness. And the idea was that man would have perfect fellowship with God. Well, when he told them they couldn't eat from the tree of the garden of good and evil, uh, we know that the serpent came in and began to have a discussion with Eve. And he proposed to her that if you eat of this tree, you will surely not die. Well, there was some accuracy to that, and deception, how many of you know deception is deception, and we don't, the problem is that we don't know when we're deceived. And there was some truth to that in that she didn't die physically, 
But the more important thing was something spiritual, her relationship with God, with God was corrupted, interfered with, and a part of her soul or her soul died. That's why in the book of John it says you must be born again. There was something inside her that died that caused her and caused all mankind to lose relationship with God. But God addressed the serpent in this way. He said, one will come and he will, you will bruise his heel, but he will crush your head. There was that prophetic word way back thousands of years ago that God prepared for this time uh, that we celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so if you would, turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 2 and verse 1. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem. There are a couple of things we need to look at here. Number one, you remember in the Bible, the man Joshua. Joshua would take over, lead Israel into the land of promise. The word Jesus or the name Jesus in the Greek is the same as Joshua, and it means the Lord saves. So the very name of Jesus was an indication that he was a special child. Not only did Mary know this, but others perceived and thought it's possible this is the one that was spoken of as far back as the book of Genesis. And Jesus wasn't born, as we know, in a capital city. He wasn't born in a large metropolis. He was born in a tiny little town named Bethlehem, six miles south of Jerusalem. What's so important about this is the name of Bethlehem and what it means. Bethlehem means house of bread. Well, let's look at the connection. What was Jesus known as? The bread of life. So God was giving people clues as far back as the Garden of Eden and continued prophetically to point us in the direction of Christ. We must not miss the signs that God puts before us. And the Magi in that day, though they were considered, they were magicians, if you will, uh, they were considered wise men and one one gospel it says shepherds, and they're not even referred to. And in our day, we kind of would look at magicians and say, that's not a godly thing. But in this day, they were experts on astronomy, on religion, on philosophy. They were very wise men. And so they were men who were well-studied, they were educated, and they had read the prophecies. So when they were coming to look for Jesus, they knew exactly what they were looking for. They just didn't know the time and the place. How many of you know the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God? It also says that we are to walk by faith and not by sight. There will be many people who will discount this day that we call Christmas. Now, they won't discount it when it comes to getting a day off. But they will discount this event, this moment. Because having a relationship with Jesus requires faith. Always has, always will. You've never seen him. I haven't seen him, yet we believe. Believing is critical. Some people say, well, I have to see it to believe it. It's just the opposite when it comes to Christ. You have to believe it to see it. Believing comes first. And so the Magi were wise men, well-studied, well-versed, had given their lives to this one moment. Given their lives to this one moment. 
Many times in our society today, we're impatient, we're, we're, we're irritated, easily annoyed, agitated, because you can find anything you want in just a moment. You go to online, you go to Wikipedia, you go wherever you might want to go, you can find it all. And the challenge is that we think God is not aware, God's not listening, God doesn't know our desires. There were two boys that had grown up in a Christian home, and their mom and dad had taken them to church and taught them to pray. And every night before bed, they would kneel beside their bed, and they would pray together. And so it was approaching Christmas. The parents needed to go shopping. And so they left the kids with, with her mother. So it was her grand, their grandparents, and they were going to stay the night there so mom and dad could get some things done and packages wrapped. And as was usual, these precious kids decided before they went to bed, they went to the room in their grandma's house where they slept, and they got on their knees, and they knelt down. And as they knelt down, the younger brother began to pray, and he prayed loud. He said, God! I want a bicycle for Christmas. I want an Xbox. I want an iPhone 10. And he's just yelling. His older brother trying to calm him down and say, hey, 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 you don't have to pray that loud. God's not deaf. He said, I know, but Grandma is. (laughs) Now, God's not deaf, but let me tell you something. He does want to hear from us. We need to pray. We need to believe. We need to have the passion of that young child that says, I'm going after what God has for me. The Bible says those who delight themselves in the Lord will have the desires of their hearts. It's not about your performance. It's not about naughty and nice. Every one of us in this place, if we were going to get the gift that we want, none of us would get it. We'd get a lump of coal because every one of you have been naughty. Don't sit there and act like you haven't been. You've had thoughts that you couldn't say out loud without getting crucified. (laughs) And so a lot of times, this time of year, so I'm just going to be good so I can get what I want. Let me tell you what you need to be. You need to be a person of faith that is tenacious about getting up every day and, and refusing to quit. No matter how good I am, no matter how bad I am, God is a great God, and he sent his son as a gift of life to me. So no matter what, I refuse to quit. I refuse to give up. I'm going to shout. It's a celebratory time of year. And so here the Magi, these wise men, well-studied, waited their entire lives. They were not young men. We don't know exactly how old they were, but we know that they were well-educated. So let's just say they were in their 30s or 40s. They had their bachelor's, their master's, their doctorate. They were expecting something. And the challenge in our world today is we've lost our expectation. We've gotten discouraged. We get down. We, we, we struggle and, and we have defeats. Let me just tell you something. There is no such a thing, such thing as a victory without an opponent. So don't think that just because you're being opposed that, that God's not with you. God wants to give you a great victory. The greater the giant, the greater the victory. The greater the challenge, the more celebratory the win is. Don't ever quit because of obstacles. You get up every day, and these magi showed us what to do. They said, we're, we're not going to miss a day. When we get up every day, we're going to look at the constellations and the galaxies. In that day, ships were not directed by, by GPS. They didn't have Siri. 
By the way, I have a British Siri. I like her voice a lot better. <laughs> British just sounds smarter than us. You know what I'm saying? And so they didn't have that. So they, they steered their ships by the stars. The stars meant something to them. It was, it was important to them in that day. It wasn't like it is today where they didn't live in cities where when you look up, you couldn't see the stars for all the lights in the city. They were out there and they trusted in those constellations. So the Magi had watched and studied and they had heard the prophecies. And it says, where is the one born king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. Here's the interesting thing. They went to Jerusalem. Theologians suspect that in route from the moment they saw the star, the location of seeing that star, to going to Jerusalem, that they saw the star from afar in a distance, and they began to walk toward where they first saw the star. But during the journey and during that process, it's stated that there were days and moments in time where the star wasn't shining. They were literally just going in the direction they first saw it. They didn't get discouraged. They didn't stop. They didn't say, well, maybe, maybe it's to the right of us or the left of us. They said, we know we saw the star. And we will not change our course just because we can't see it any longer. Some of you got saved. You got born again. You gave your life to Jesus. And somewhere on your journey, things turned dark. Let me just tell you something. I wish I got up every day to the birds singing. I don't like snow and winter. I woke up yesterday. Some of y'all all excited. I'm like cursing it. In the name of Jesus, dissolve. I was born for white sand, not white snow. And on your journey, things get dark. And, and before you know it, somebody says something to you. Can't you hear the friends of the Magi? Oh, what are you guys doing? You've given your whole life and devoted your whole life to this prophetic word or this prophetic person, this, this guy that's going to come. And, and, and you're just wasting your time. How many of you ever heard that? You're just wasting your time, and yet in your heart of hearts, you know that you're on the right track. You're doing the right thing. It's all about time and place. you got to be in the right time at the right place. But sometimes we alter our course. We quit moving. We quit serving. You got hurt. You got offended. You got wounded. Church wasn't perfect. Well, neither are you. Okay, so. Y'all really didn't know how to take that, did you? Merry Christmas from Mark Anthony Crow. Remember the sermon I preached? Don't just throw me up there in a wad. Call me out my name. That's all I ask. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed. And all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people, chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. You know, the Bible's full of prophecy. You guys hear me talk about it every week. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and, and not harm you, plans to give you a hope in a future. That's a prophetic word for me. You cannot take it if you don't want to, but I'm living it. The footsteps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. I'm blessed coming in, blessed going out. For surely, O oh Lord, you bless the righteous. You surround Mark, Crow, Mark Anthony Crow with favor as with a shield. I'm 
declaring the promises of God. There are days I feel like there's absolutely no favor on my life. There are days I feel like are dark and downcast. There are days that I fight through depression. There are days that I, and usually on Monday after talking to y'all going, oh my God, did I say that? We all fight through those things. The difference in a winner and a loser is a winner refused to quit. That's all it is. Nobody's better than you. God doesn't love anybody more than he loves you. Somewhere along the way, you didn't get what you wanted when you thought you should have gotten it. And the question is, were you in the right place to get it? The Magi missed the mark by six miles. And they come in and they're the ones that are smart ones going, where is he? But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, this is the prophetic word, are by no means the least among rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler, don't, don't forget that word, who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child, as soon as you find him, report to me, so that I may go and worship him. Now understand something here. Herod was an evil king. He worked for the Roman emperor. He was a Jewish man. And the Roman, the Roman uh, kingdom, empire, appointed Herod to be king of the Jews. And Herod was evil. He was so evil that he was so possessed by his own kingdom that he would kill his children to make sure none of them would try to kill him to take over his throne. Herod had no more interest in their well-being or finding Christ for the purpose of worship than anything else. That was not his purpose. There will be people like Herod's in your life that will try to manipulate you and manipulate your situation. You've got to keep on walking. And it says, after they heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. And having been warned, warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country another route. Okay, so several things happen here. First off, the gifts do represent a, a, a certain amount of wealth. Obviously, the gold, we would all identify with that. And we would say that's really cool because Mary and Joseph were, were sleeping in a manger. They didn't have, there were no rooms left. And, and, but even if there were, they didn't have any money. They were poor. So we look and we say, that's really nice. The Magi brought them gifts. But once again, this is a prophetic scripture. Gold represented in that moment because Mary had a visitation from an angel about who Jesus was. And, and, and she had insight into her child. And, and the gold represented deity. In other words, he was God. It represented the fact these, these guys knew who he was. He was the son of God. Secondly, the incense or frankincense, as one translation reads, is a sign of purity. And, and so they said he's both deity, possesses purity, he's innocent, never sinned. The myrrh represented death. It would be like embalming today. So Mary and Joseph are receiving these gifts, and I'm sure inside Mary she's going, wow, this is great. We got gold, and he is the son of God, and, and gold is of great value. 
And, and the frankincense was to confirm this is going to be a pure, innocent child. But thirdly, he's going to die. And he's going to die for the sins of all mankind. There's a time and a place for everything. The Bible says in the fullness of time, Galatians 4.4, 4, God sent his son. In the fullness of time. Israel, look back, you look back thousands of years prior to Christ, and they were looking for the Messiah. They were anticipating deliverance, and they were anticipating getting free from Egypt and Babylon and all the captivity that they experienced, looking for a way out and waiting on Christ. And many times when we get exhausted and fatigued, we stop looking. We stop waiting. We stop pursuing. We give up. Some of you have come to church a long time, and your husband's still the same goofball he's always been. It's a good time, women, to shout hallelujah. <laughs> and you're just not seeing the results or the fruit of your prayer and believe in God. And we've been going to church and he's still who he is. Don't quit. Don't give up. I mean, I know the tough times happen and, and we go through tough times and maybe you're divorced and you're on your third marriage. Third time's a charm. It's also expensive. But God loves us not because of our performance. He didn't send Jesus because we were good or, or nice. He actually sent Jesus because we were naughty. Instead of a lump of coal, we got pure gold. In the fullness of time, there's a fullness of time for your life. There's a time that God has set aside for you to be promoted, for you to be elevated. There's a, time, there's a time for that. But what if God gave you what you desired, but you were not prepared for that which you desire? It would destroy your life. It wouldn't be a blessing. It'd be a curse. And there are times that God's waiting, simply waiting on us. He's not withholding. He's waiting. I'm waiting for you to be ready. I'm waiting for you to reel in your temper. I'm, I'm waiting for you to show respect. I'm, I'm waiting for you to honor authority. I'm, I'm waiting on you to love your wife as Christ loved the church. I'm waiting on you to submit. I'm waiting on you to surrender. I'm waiting on you to be humble. I'm waiting on you. And God says, I'm still preparing. I'm working. I want to get you there. But do you want to get there? Many people blame, blame God for their position in life and their condition in life. And, and it's like God's fault. Let me tell you, it's never God's fault. All we have to do is look in the mirror and look and say, God, I don't know what I'm doing wrong, but I want to stop it. Because I know that you have things prepared for me that eyes have not seen and ears have not heard. Things that go beyond the mind of man. You have something for me. And I refuse to give up, give out, or give in. I'm going to march like the Magi. I'm going to pursue you. I'm going to find you. And if it gets dark, I'm going to keep walking towards you. And if I get off course and I go to the wrong place, I'm going to ask where you are. Because I'm going to be in the right place at the right time. Who would have thought that the Son of God would be born in a little old bitty town called Bethlehem? wasn't popular, wasn't well-known, but it was fertile soil, and it was, it was a place called the house of bread, and that means the bread of life was born in that place, and, and he's still the bread of life for us today. He's spiritual sustenance, but we have, to, we have to walk with him, surrender to him. Believe it or not, your experience, as the Magi's experience, could literally change the course 
of history for your family. We live in a world that doesn't understand authority anymore. It's a sad thing, but the Bible talks a lot about authority. And if you're a parent today, you're going to love what I'm about to say. If you're a kid, you're going to hate me. But we've lost any sense of respect. And this is something I wish I could reinstill in our society. You may, you know, you may hate who's in the White House. You may have hated who's in the White House. I think everybody that's been in the White House has been hated by a group of people. But the reality is we're called to love. God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. What about if we stopped complaining and started praying? What if we started being kind? Numbers chapter 24, here's part of the prophetic word that I point out about stars. It says, I see him, not now. I behold him, but not here, not near. A star will come out of Jacob. A scepter will rise out of Israel. A star in that day, according to theologians, represented brilliance in rulership. A brilliant ruler. So when he talked about in that day in Hebrew, that meant that they, they, saw, they saw a ruler when they said we see a star. Jacob and Israel are one in the same words. The scepter represented authority. So in order for Christ to work in us, he has to become the ruler of our life. He has to become the ultimate authority. When he says forgive and you'll be forgiven, he doesn't ask you how you've been treated by others. He asks you how he's been treated by him. I loved you when you were unlovable. I forgave you when you didn't ask. And now what I put on you is the very same thing that I put on me. And I want to put it in you, but you have to let me be the ruler. You have to let me have authority. Matthew chapter 5 verse 14 said that we are the light of the world, a city, a city set on a hill. Many people are looking to Christians, and why would they come to church if we can't even smile and be nice? I love how Christ came in the world. He didn't come into the world swinging a scepter and, and putting demands on mankind. He came as an innocent child. He presented himself totally surrendered and submitted to God. And he trusted God. That God had picked the right people in Mary and Joseph to raise him, to love him. He trusted God. He trusted perfection in imperfect people. I pray that you would be patient. There's a time. And there's a place. I've said it many times throughout the years. I'll say it as serious as I can say it. I'd love to be pastoring a church on Port Aransas, Mustang Island. I'll take any beach in the country. I just love it. But that's not my place. Now in heaven, God's building me a beachfront property. I promise you, if you want to find Mark Anthony Crow in heaven, you want to come and visit... I'll have the finest chefs, and you can come to my house, and we'll sit on the deck, and we'll worship God. This is my place. I don't know why it's my place. 
And, you know, I say some things that irritate people. But, you know, sometimes I think I say it not even knowing it's with a purpose that God kind of wants to irritate you. I'm just being obedient. There are moments all of us are sandpaper. And you know what? Sometimes you need to hear things you don't want to hear. And God says, now will you stay and listen? I've won. Boy, I tell you, I remember preachers preaching when I, I wasn't preaching. And they'd say stuff that irritate me, and I disagree with them. And God said, I told you to stay. Because there's a time and a place, and this is the place. And this is the place I'm going to work on you for the time that I'm bringing you into. In the fullness of time, God sent his son. And I'll close with this. Turn your Bibles to Philippians chapter 2. I love this passage of Scripture. This used to would have scared me to death. Where is Philippians? It's just these little bitty pages. You just got to turn. You turn too far and they just go too far. Okay, now listen to this. Simple instruction. Very simple. Do everything. The word in the Greek, everything, means everything. <laughs> I studied it out for hours. That doesn't mean something or some things. It's not like I need permission to complain about a lot of things. I, you know, well, God, this I should be able to complain about because look how stupid it was. And, 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 and we, we do things like that without realizing it says don't complain. Do everything without complaining or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation. So, you know, we're looking around at all these other things Habits, behaviors that people have, and you know, you, you got all kinds of groups of people judging other people for what they do or what they don't do. Look at this scripture. It's not talking about smoking, drinking, cussing, chewing, dating women who do all those things. <laughs> See, religious people turn what we do is we're like we're like the Pharisees. We make laws about the things we don't do. And so we can point fingers at everybody else who does the things that we don't do. But if I could say one thing today about 2018, that you want to have a great year. You know, we don't hear the Magi going, come on, God, could you just get a grip here? We, we, we've studied all these years. Couldn't you just like translate us from one place to, to, to Bethlehem? We go to Jerusalem. The king tells us to, to let him know. They're going through all these issues, but they don't complain. Now listen to this, in which you shine like stars in the universe as you hold out the word of life. I don't know how many of you go home at night, now it gets stinking dark at 515 in Oklahoma. Let me have just a moment. You don't walk into your house and just go, hey, honey, wouldn't it be fun tonight if we didn't turn on any lights? You're bumping into everything, stubbing your toes. We were born for light. The path of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn, shining ever brighter till the full light of day. We're to be lights and stars shining in the universe. Not perfect, but what would happen if you just, just get nice? 
Every one of you is going to have a family member that you do not want there tomorrow. And I'm not. So I'm going to be with my grandkids. I've been broken into once, but I'm going to be in Miami tomorrow and have a pit bull in my house, okay? I have guns pointed at both front door and back door. Okay? Plus, I have good neighbors that will shoot you on sight. All right, now, anyway. You didn't like that, did you? Don't mess with me. But we all have people that we have to deal with. And and guess what? Some of the people that annoy you the most are the greatest gift God's ever given you. They're going to make you the person that you're called to be. They're going to turn you into the pearl of great price by rubbing off the residue of sin and pain and annoying, all the things that keep us from being everything God's called us to be. Don't be discouraged. Delight yourself in the Lord. and The Bible says he'll give you the desires of your heart. This is a special time of year. And I'm going to tell you, it's only special if we will submit to God because there's all you got to do is just go to Quail Springs or Penn Square today and you will know there is a devil and you will know there's hell. <laughs> now, Walmart, on the other hand, might be quite entertaining. It's always entertaining, but this time of year, it could really be serious entertainment. Get your lawn chair, pull it up out in the parking lot and some popcorn. It's going to be good. Love you, Sam Walton. Rip. There's a time and a place. There's time and a place. I want you to hear this. 2018, there's time and a place. There's time for you to be blessed. There's a place for you to be blessed. But you have to find that place, and you have to wait for that time. Don't get in a hurry. God's not in a hurry. He waited thousands of years to fulfill the promise to send his son. So let's celebrate life. Let's celebrate him. Let's celebrate one another. Everything without complaining and arguing. We might be bright stars shining in the universe. Father, thank you so much for the gift of life that you have brought to us in the person of your only begotten son. Today we honor you, Jesus. We celebrate you and we say happy birthday. With heads bowed and eyes closed, those of you watching online, if you'd pause just for one moment. For years, I've heard people say, I don't have anything to offer God. It's like the little drummer boy. What do I have to offer God? Well, he might have played his drum, and that's great. That's that's maybe the way he worshipped. But the reality, the very first thing that we have to offer God, that Jesus came and said, all I want from you is your sin. I just want you to give it to me. I can handle it. It's too much for you to bear. And maybe you've not done that. I'm not talking about your behavior, how good you are, what you have to do or don't do. All I'm saying is this. Once you surrender to God, you have the power to overcome. You have the understanding to repent. You have the patience to be redeemed and restored. We will forever be fighting the good fight of faith, as Paul called it. We'll be running the race. But Paul said, I've done those things. But he said, most of all, I kept the faith. And I want to pray for those of you here and those of you watching online. If you say today, I need prayer. 
You've been fighting addictions. You've been fighting all kinds of things. We love you. You can stay here and fight those all you want. We'll fight them with you. We won't judge you for them. We believe we're called to embrace one another, hold one another up, love one another, because love never fails. We don't expect you to be perfect because not one of us here is. But if you say, I've not received Christ as my Lord and Savior, but I'd like to today, what does that mean? What does that take? It simply means this, that you've come to the place where you understand that there is no life without Him and there is no eternity. And that all you have to do is call on His name. For all who call on His name shall be saved. With every head bowed and every eye closed, you say, Pastor, pray for me. I just want to ask you to put your hand up and put it right back down. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So many of you, thank you. God bless you. And those of you watching online, you may be alone. You may be with someone. And you're having a tough time right now. You're depressed, considering ending your life. Let me just say to you, don't do it. There's so much life to live. There's a time and a place. Now is the time, and you're in the right place to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. So I want to ask everyone here and watching online, pray this prayer with me. Say, Father God, thank you for sending Jesus, your only son, to die on the cross for my sin. Jesus, today, I call on your name. I repent of my sin. I make you the Lord of my life. Amen.